And this is Martin Strong in for Jazz this afternoon, along with uh, Jerry Mayer Judson. And uh, I, I was going to say that I, I feel like this might be over, the, have jumped the shark, this phrase, but I was today years old when I learned <laughs> that there are pet food banks yes. as well as food banks. Yes, I think you can still say today years old. I like that one. Oh, I don't okay. care if it's corny. Good, good. Because <laughs> I remember being today years old when I learned about today years old. <laughs> when I was months ago years old, it gets kind of, you can't use it. But anyways, I was yesterday years old, actually, when I learned about um, the fact that there are, in fact, pet food banks. And it kind of goes with this thread that we've been talking about because we've been talking kind of about tipping and affordability and how right. no one, you know, can afford anything. And of course, the, it's the holiday season and conventional food banks are seeing unprecedented levels of demand and they need donations, but so too do pet food banks. And I talked to Diane Waters. She is the BC SPCA outreach specialist. And my first question for her was, do pet food banks function like people food banks? Our pet food banks are very similar to people food banks. We try to model them after best practices that we found through people food banks. I did a huge audit of over 300 pet food banks or food organizations last year, and we were able to come up with some best practices on how to have low barrier and sustainable models for people and communities. So our first one in the SPCA was started in 2000 by Dr. James Lawson. Um, he met a dog from a vulnerable person in the downtown east side who Unfortunately, didn't have enough money to feed the pup. And unfortunately, Charlie did pass away, but we did name the food bank after Charlie. And it was born through that process. So Dr. James Lawson decided there was a need um, for pet food in the community. So he started that program. And then in 2020, um, with COVID, we saw the need going up just because of the amount of people who are out of work, um, staying home, or just able to kind of not keep themselves afloat. So we expanded to 36 other BTSPCA locations in the province. Oh, wow. I hear demand is incredibly high this year in particular. Yeah, this year with the, um, the rising cost in inflation um, and also housing instability, food insecurity, those are playing a, a serious role in need. And then also climate emergencies. Anytime there's a wildfire or a flood, the, uh, the need for community services like this goes up exponentially. Compared to last year, we've handed out 20% more meals to animals and we've had 93, 94,000 kilograms of pet food um, distributed into our communities so far this year. Um, we're hoping to hit 95,000 kilograms distributed. How can someone go and access the pet food bank if, if they need it? Is, this, is it as easy as going to a, a location of the BCSPCA? Yeah, absolutely. So um, most of our locations are walk-in friendly. You're always able to walk in and just say, hey, I'm in need. Um, we keep it very low barrier. You don't need to bring ID, proof of income, like nothing like that. If you're in need, we'll help you out. We are able to make purchases for the program, but it's also donation-based. So those donations go directly to folks in the community who are in need. How can we help and what do you need the most of? For us, a lot of the communities need cat food. For some reason, it's dry cat food that goes the fastest. Okay. I think it's because people are able to keep pets that are smaller more generally in, in bigger cities. So we, we definitely always need cat food, dry dog food. Most of our locations have an Amazon wish list. 
So if you're not able to actually make physical donations, you can always order through the Amazon wish list. Um, otherwise, on our website, on the outreach page, there is an option to donate a meal to a community member. So I think it's a $30 donation, and it will provide a week's worth of food for an animal in need. The BCFPCA is really working hard to try and keep families together. So the main purpose of our outreach program, such as the Food Bank or the Safe Keepers program, is to be able to keep families with their pets, um, just because we really recognize that the human-animal bond is um, is really important and therapeutic to people who might be struggling or have nobody else. So um, with these programs, it allows us to be able to keep families with their with their best friends. And that was Dan Waters, the BCSPCA Outreach Specialist. She was delightful. And I will direct you, so it's spca.bc.ca on their community outreach page. There's, I'm looking at this drop-down menu. You can donate 30 bucks to donate some kibble. There's different options. You can, for 58 bucks, you can feed an animal in care for a week. Um, there's a $100 whatever is needed donation. So, or you can even... Go, go buy some dry cat food and dry dog food and get it to your nearest BCSPCA location. Yeah, so dried cat food is the thing that yeah. they need the most. Because cats are more permissible in bigger cities. She was saying like, yeah, just in, in larger places, we're not, we don't have as large of pets. So yeah, usually the landlords take kinder to cats. So yeah, lots and lots of cat food. Yeah, and it is one of those things when you think about it, when you first hear about a pet food bank, mm -hmm. you compare it to a food bank for humans and you think, well, you know, humans, that's more important. But when you think about it, if someone is really low on funds, mm -hmm. they don't have the money, going to buy pet food is really expensive. Oh, it's a lot. And then if you're choosing between feeding yourself and paying rent, and then you also have this little critter and you, of course, if this little critter is your solace in these yeah. no affordability times, are you a pet owner? I am a pet owner. <gasps> I have a dog Aww. named Gallup oh, and, a, and a cat named Millhouse. Oh, that's amazing. And, and I know how much dry cat food costs and I know how much the cat loves dried cat food for some reason. It's but, good. But it's true because if you didn't have, if you don't have the money to buy good nutritious food for your pet you're probably going to give it table scraps yeah and that's not so good for the pet and it's probably stuff that you know like bread and all the things that they shouldn't be eating yeah and that's probably what they're going to get exactly so hope that if you can donate that you do and i hope that maybe if you didn't know that the pet food bank was something that you might like to access i hope that that got you uh, got you as well yeah so it's some nice work i mean it is christmas and uh, it's, it's the time to, to think about that stuff. And also, we were talking about Christmas cards earlier. Yeah. I mean, are you somebody who sends out Christmas cards? We're not going to like this. I'm like, a, I'm like the resident Scrooge. I'm not a very festive person, no. but I will engage. I'm not anti-Christmas by, <laughs> by any means. I'm like more like a Christmas agnostic. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I think Christmas cards are cute. I see them in the reception area, and I think the process, I like, I like the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. And I, I always, we always buy some really precious ones that we Aww. give to oh, people, you send to people, but I don't send them out. And every year I think I'm going to send them out. You should do one with your animals. Yeah, that's and true. Christmas sweaters. I, I take a lot of photos of my animals, Aww. but it's true. Uh, the, the Christmas card, the physical Christmas card is actually on the way up. Really? Yes, because in 2000, they figured that, uh, this is in the United States, but I'm sure it has repercussions here. Two billion Christmas cards were sent every year in the year 2000. By 2015, okay. um, 
that number had plummeted by about half. No way. To about, uh, it was 1 billion. And then since then, it's been slowly steadying and they, they figure it's about 1.3 billion this year. So the Christmas card, like the vinyl record. I was about to say, like the vinyl record. It's coming back. Wow. That's so interesting. I wonder what happened between 2000 and 2015. Do we all, I guess because the proliferation of all the e-greetings and stuff like that, it feels now again, it's not novel to send an e-greeting. Now it's yeah. novel and special to get a physical card. It's way more special. It's it's just like having a record in your hand and people respond to that. And younger people statistically are sending more. 18 to 34 year olds are sending more Christmas cards than people in no the generation before them. No way. That's my demo. Look at me. Look yeah. at us go. Look sending out. I got to I gotta catch up. I got to send some cute little Christmas cards. Watch your inbox. Yeah. Watch your inbox. <laughs> <laughs> your physical one. The it, mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks for that. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, that was uh, Jerry Mayer Judson. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Roberto Luongo, Vancouver's own. Uh, we'll talk to Blake Price. He's being honored tonight and we'll hear all about it when we return on the Jazz Joe Hall Show on CKNW.